Just about a decade ago, a scientist and researcher predicted that the U.S. would face widespread civil unrest in the year 2020. And now it would seem he was completely correct. The funny thing is a bunch of articles popped up asking him why he thought this, and they didn't really get a whole lot of attention. But now journalists are starting to circle back. They're asking him, look, based on the fact that you were correct in 2010, 2012, what do you think is next in this widespread civil unrest? And he said, very possibly civil war. Now, you've heard me talk about this if you follow my content several times over the past few years, but I'm not just making this up. It didn't occur to me one day to say, "Ooh, I know I'll, I'll claim civil war is coming. My response and my predictions are based on other people researchers. It's based on national security experts and comedians. Even people like Bill Maher have warned of civil war. Recently, Dave Chappelle did a special called 846 talking about Black Lives Matter and many of these unarmed black people who had lost their lives. And he made reference to people who got extremely violent and fought back against the system. Not necessarily a call to civil war, but certainly High profile individuals across this country and in many other countries have entertained the real possibility of a civil war in the United States. Now, I'm going to stop for the people who don't normally watch my content who are probably saying this is ridiculous. There won't be a civil war can happen because I've had that conversation many, many times. And I will tell you this. Perhaps you're right. You know, we can't see the future. Maybe this guy is wrong. This researcher and scientist, maybe he's just the one guy out of all the predictions made who just got lucky. And now we're acting like he's more important than he is. But I would tell you this, based on what I've seen, the potential is extremely high, at least from what I've been watching. There are a bunch of different aspects to what a civil war could be. It's not just about the street violence, the widespread civil unrest. It's, it, there's, there's a lot to do with social media, the expansion and the, and the, uh, of polarization, the political tribes that are forming. But there's also other realms in this political battle that people aren't paying attention to. Well, certainly we're now seeing regular people wake up to the widespread violence, people in South Philly and Ohio standing up and fighting back against these leftist protesters. You also have issues in the government. Matt Taibbi wrote in October, I believe it was October, that we are in a permanent coup. And maybe it's not a permanent one. Maybe it's an ongoing informational civil war at the highest levels of government. You can call it Obamagate. You can call it Russiagate. They're now accusing Trump of trying to collude with China. Certainly, there are high level politicians who are at such odds. They're accusing each other of crimes. And this rift goes all the way down to the street level where people are smashing up windows. And now we're seeing groups like Bikers for Trump and other just local community groups showing up with bats to push back. We are getting dangerously close to what a civil war really is. Let me explain this to you for people that aren't familiar. If you, if you think a civil war is what we had in the United States back in the 1800s, you're, you're actually incorrect. That's what we call the civil war. That's our civil war. But in many different countries, civil war looks more like random bouts of violence across the country until certain groups start seizing territory and then emerges the ideological factions. Take a look at what's going on with the Chaz. While not necessarily the worst thing in the world for now, you are seeing armed groups take territory and claim it's theirs. This is when you start to see armed factions form in urban centers. We've seen it before throughout history. Pay attention. You also see now an attempt to form autonomous zones in other cities, Nashville, Asheville, Chicago, and Portland, though the police are putting a stop to that. If this continues, we very well may see the rise of far left factions rising up and seizing territory. 
And then if that's the case, I would recommend you go and read into the history of the Spanish Civil War. I think you'll have some interesting insights if you read that stuff, because I have. But what comes next through uh, through all of this uh, violence and upheaval is the morality police, which I've talked about as well. There was one thing, if, if, if there was one thing that really said to me, I believe civil war is extremely likely. It would be the, the, uh, the district attorney in Atlanta announcing charges against Officer Garrett Rolfe in the Rayshard Brooks shooting. Because when you actually watch the footage, if you're paying attention, you would see this was a tragedy, but far from felony murder. But it appears the DA is lying, at least as far as I can tell. And maybe he's not, but I think he is. And this is where things get scary. The DA is asserting that this officer killed a man in cold blood who was not aggressive at all and then kicked him when he was down. I find that shocking and absolutely hard to believe. But I know many people of the other ideological persuasion would absolutely believe it. If you have two conflicting news stories, which one do you deem to be true? I honestly don't know. And it's this simple. The people on the right who would typically defend the police are already saying this is ridiculous. He can't be charged with felony murder. And I happen to fall in agreement with that, though I'm not a conservative. The left absolutely will begin propping up this story saying, see, look at this. And high profile celebrities have already called this justice that he's being charged. If the worldviews have shattered to this degree and we are seeing armed leftist factions take territory in cities, call it silly, but they are trying their hardest and they are guarding the, these groups. They're, they're, they're guarding these areas with guns and doing ID checks and things like that. It stands to reason at the very least this train is headed in that direction. I don't know what it will look like and I don't know if what the likelihood is, but I am telling you we are closer than we have ever been. We just had in Atlanta a blue flu, cops calling out. We're going to see. We're going to see how close we get to this. But let me let me, let me stop before I just keep ranting cuz this is a particularly long one and I want to show you a lot of these uh, a lot of bits of evidence that I think can can uh, uh, I want to show you stories that suggest we're headed in that direction, but I also want to show you a few that actually might be a bit hopeful that things may, may not get that bad. But I have to admit, I am in agreement with this researcher here. And I think his final prediction about what might come in our country, I'm sorry, but I've been saying this for three years and I am watching what I said happen, happen. Now, I think the next step may actually be a Trump reelection, followed by the rapid militarization of police, expanding of budgets and potentially the Insurrection Act. Again, I don't know what the probability of that is. It's just what I think is going to happen because of the far left, because of their expansion, because of the rioting. And they haven't stopped. The media just isn't covering it for the most part anymore. Now, the the worst of the worst has stopped for sure, but they're still rioting. Atlanta, they burned down a building and there's still vandalism happening across the country. And now we're seeing counter groups rise up. This is where you should be alarmed when regular people are pulled into the fray. And I'll throw this in as kind of an aside, a kind of a joke. They're saying no football. So Dr. Fauci said no football. Okay, okay. But let's actually read this story from Time Magazine. Before we get started, however, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. There's also a PO box. You can set things. But the best thing you can do, just share this video. Uh, if you think this, this video is important, if you think what I'm saying makes sense, and you think I do a good job, sharing, uh, sharing the video helps other people hear this, and it helps uh, grow my channel. Admittedly, YouTube props up mainstream media. I can't compete with that. But if you think I deserve it, your share really does help. Otherwise, just subscribe, hit the like button, notification bell. Let's read from Time Magazine. They said, this researcher predicted 2020 would be mayhem. Here's what he says comes next. 
Not everyone took Peter Turchin seriously a decade ago when he said widespread civil unrest would sweep through the U.S. in 2020. They had no reason to believe I wasn't crazy, says Turchin, a 63-year-old researcher who teaches cultural evolution at the University of Connecticut. In 2010, after analyzing historical cycles of instability, Turchin made a prediction that was published at the time in the journal Nature. America will suffer a period of major social upheaval beginning around 2020. Some were skeptical, Turchin says, because people did not understand that I was making scientific predictions, not prophecies. Then 2020 came amid a global pandemic, which has so far killed more than 116,000 people in the U.S. and resulted in record unemployment rates. National unrest erupted at the end of May over the death of George Floyd. Dozens of cities were placed under curfews as marches protesting police brutality and racism blocked highways, bridges, and city streets. Videos circulated of heavy-handed policing, pepper spraying of peaceful protesters and journalists, and the shoving of marchers to the ground by officers. Some protests ended in violence with police cars torched and shops looted. The National Guard was deployed in several states. While he feels validated, Turchin is horrified to be right. As a scientist, I feel vindicated. But on the other hand, I'm an American and have to live through these hard times. After spending the last 20 years studying crises in America and the structural defects that helped cause them, Turchin says many signs showed the U.S. was spiraling toward upheaval in this decade. The nation, he says, has experienced stretches of turmoil about every 50 years between 1870, during heightened tensions of the Reconstruction era, and 1970, in the aftermath of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, when women and many minority groups were fighting for equality amid protests against the ongoing Vietnam War. Turchin looked at data analyzing peaceful and violent anti-government demonstrations that involved at least 100 people between 1780 and 2010. Using a computer model, he also factored in economic patterns, including declining wages, wealth inequality, exploding national debt, and other social pressures that affect national stability. From the same time period, the model showed social and economic turmoil in the U.S. would come to a boiling point in the years around 2020. Turchin wrote in his uh, 2010 paper, worse conditions could still be coming. Turchin says societal crises, which are triggered when pent up pressures seek an outlet, can typically last for five to 15 years if the underlying roots of unrest are not properly addressed. Turbulent events are easily set off again. In South Africa, for example, which is one of the world's most unequal countries, according to the World Bank, Intense protests and anger over race and wealth inequality still rankle the country 26 years after apartheid ended. Residents burn tires in almost daily protests, according to the AP. Since Floyd's death on May 25th, conversation around systemic racism and police brutality against black men and women have spread across the nation and the globe. Local officials in some cities, including New York and Minneapolis, have announced plans to either defund or dismantle their police departments, while federal lawmakers are pushing to reform police in other ways including banning chokeholds and creating a national registry of misconduct. Now, I want to give you some uh, an interesting bit of information, which could be good or bad. As we're seeing this action uh, undertaken, important data needs to be highlighted. Roughly eight in 10 voters, 81 to 14 percent, say they oppose eliminating the current police department in their community and replacing it with a new one. The reason that is significant is because government actors and politicians are doing it anyway. Most people like their police departments. So why would these governments make these dramatic changes? The problem, in my opinion, comes when you have an angry mob and an ideology emerging that can't be placated. These people will not back down. They have a worldview that is, in my opinion, completely wrong, 
but they are violent and destructive. We then start to see the government pander to these groups because they can't control them. And there's too many of them to just simply start arresting people. And they do have constitutional rights to have their views and to speak their minds. But the ideas are spreading and these people are violent. So what happens? The police start bending over and bending the knee for these mob groups. That's what we saw in Atlanta when they charged this cop with felony murder. The cop in Georgia now faces the death penalty potentially. And that is insane based on the video footage if you watched it. We are getting to a point where regular people will push back. And what happens? The government buckles. You then get ideological groups who want to see a revolution facing up against reactionaries. And that literally is a reference to those who are resisting the revolution or counter-revolutionaries fighting back. But the politicians are weak-willed and spineless. Look, let's be honest. The Democrats literally bent the knee, the Democratic leadership. And are we seeing Republicans speak up and speak out against this? Mostly no. I know some may be, but mostly no. And now high profile Trump supporters are coming out rather angry, saying, what are they doing? Nothing, at least not enough. Well, let's get to the more important point, uh, the more important, uh, important factor. On top of this, Turchin says the COVID-19 pandemic has further worsened the well-being of large swaths of the American population, a leading driver of national instability and could make the public less likely to trust government institutions. As millions of Americans remain jobless, Turchin says there will be other triggers after this. He worries tensions, quote, may escalate all the way to a civil war. Unfortunately, says things are not as bad as they can be. Institutions are failing. We, we no longer trust our, our politicians. We are being told for me here in New Jersey that I can't go to a restaurant for a bite to eat. But protesters can march in the streets shoulder to shoulder. We are seeing at the exact same time on CNN, them saying no protest. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no rally for Donald Trump, but yes, protest. I mixed it up. They are saying, look at these good and noble protesters for our ideology, supporting the ideas we like. Good for them. But then Donald Trump wants to have a rally for his side. And they say, how dare he? How dare he? And they tried suing him to stop him. I now bring you to one of the worst and most damning bits of information that I think we all saw coming. Dr. Fauci said the U.S. government held off promoting face masks because it knew shortages were so bad that even doctors couldn't get enough. They say Dr. Anthony Fauci said Friday, the reason the public was advised not to wear masks at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic was that there were too few to go around. Let me reframe that for you in a way that's probably easier to understand. The government knew masks could help you. The government knew that masks could help prevent the spread of COVID. And the government, Fauci particularly, lied to you because they wanted to make sure that they got their masks first. It's right here. Business Insider. Fauci said it. In an interview with the financial news site The Street, Fauci, the U.S. government's foremost infectious disease expert, was asked about the changing government advice on wearing masks. Many people were confused. Why are we getting conflicting information on this? Well, now we know. Fauci said, we needed them more than you. And you know what? To an extent, I get it. I respect it. Government's got to carry on, right? The government must survive. Well, this is where people will start to realize you can't trust the government. And it's scary and unfortunate. I mean, to a certain degree, you can. But think about this. At this at this point, early on, when they were saying don't wear masks, I was being told by YouTube, by Facebook, that if I countered the official narrative of the World Health Organization, the CDC, my videos would be banned. 
And now we know it was a lie. This is about COVID. But in talking about a civil war, you have to understand that people have lost faith in government. We are being told by Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York, you can't go out to have a bite to eat. Andrew Cuomo saying that he will, don't make me come down there because people in Manhattan were having a drink with their buddies. And what did he say about the tens of thousands of people protesting for Black Lives Matter? Nothing. I'll tell you what, though, Bill de Blasio sent a crew down to weld shut the gates of a playground in a Jewish community. Trust is eroding. And what do we get? Man, I tell you what we get. Police officers across the country have quit their jobs. Atlanta officer charged with murder in Rayshard Brooks shooting, doing his job. How about this one? Donald Trump now supporting the officer in the Rayshard Brooks shooting. These are all just little bits of grain, grains of sand to make up the heap. The, the, the analogy, you know, I love to use. Trump has taken his side, right? Rayshard Brooks was kicked, stepped on by officers as he was on the ground, according to the DA, completely at odds with what the, you, you've got two narratives emerging. Hundreds of armed counter protesters confront Black Lives Matter rally in Ohio. Armed rooftop gunmen spotted and arrested. These things are just popping up across the board. And we can't trust our institutions, so people don't know what to believe, and they show up and they resist. They fight back. Take a look at this tweet from Yasher Ali, a well respected journalist who writes for New York Magazine and Huffington Post. In a tweet from CBS News, they say Deputies kill half brother of black man found hanged in park. There have been a series of stories about black men being found hanged. And of course, the left believes it's white supremacists or something. And then CBS runs this story saying the deputies killed the half, half brother of the man found hanged. If you just read the title, most people will think that the police are just killing more innocent unarmed black men. Yashar Ali points out saying that it's important to note the story says the deputies claim this man opened fire on them. Why is the media propping up these? Why is it framing things this way? The media is out of control. Individuals don't know who to trust. And the government lied to us. You have everything mixed neatly into this pot. The overreaction of government desperate to, to appease the mob in the DA, uh, the, uh, the, the Atlanta shooting case. People fearful because their neighborhoods are under attack, rising up to defend themselves. Mainstream media framing things in such a way to exacerbate the problem and a government that lied and will likely lie again. And don't, and don't forget, Fauci is on Trump's task force. So there's, there's criticism to go around for every side of this. But you mix all these things together and what do you get? Instability and fear. And I think this results in chaos. Chaos like this. Autonomous Zone established outside Portland mayor's apartment, just like the Chaz. More and more of this is starting to happen. Now, of course, to be fair, the police quickly crushed this, but they keep trying. And it's only a matter of time before we start to see what we saw in, say, the Spanish Civil War. We start to see leftist groups take urban centers, gain control of them. When you look to the Chaz in, in Seattle, the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, they changed the name to the CHOP, but you know, that was probably to protect, protect themselves. The mayor called it a summer of love. The governor told Trump to mind his own business. If these groups start forming, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Steven Crowder. He put out a video today and he asked this question. If armed leftist groups can seize territory in your town, would it be unreasonable then to, to see right wing groups armed taking it back? That's where things get really scary. And that's when we talk about civil war. There's a, there's a reason why I highlighted the things I did. 
why I pointed out to the DA in Atlanta, because I want you to consider this. They have already said in New York, and I know I've mentioned it many times for those that are, that are consistent watchers of my content, but I have to give the context for those that are new viewers. In New York, if you protest for Black Lives Matter, no charges. They said this. You can't go to church, though. You can't sing. In Fort Worth, if you've been arrested for rioting for Black Lives Matter, no charges, they will be dropped. Selective enforcement. If you're a cop doing your job and a convicted felon on, on probation who you caught drunk driving resists, attacks you, takes you and your partner down, steals your taser, fires it at you, and you defend yourself, felony murder, you could get the death penalty. That is morality policing. So I bring you now to the, to, to the fear I have. Armed gunmen on rooftops in Philadelphia and other places. Armed leftists taking territory in cities. In Portland, Nashville, and Asheville, and Chicago, and probably others, trying to take more areas and cities. Now, I know it may be silly. It's small, but they're armed. And they're setting up checkpoints, and they're checking IDs. And there's reports they're trying to shake people down. We've seen them dragging a preacher through the streets. What happens when a right-wing group comes with guns and says, move, this is America, and you can't take our streets? And they fight each other. Add that together with the morality policing, and what do you get? The right-wing groups are consistently smeared, insulted, derided. And when they actually stand up and try and fight back, the media will do the same thing. Then you will see a complete breakdown. That's when everything falls apart. No one trusts the media. The right will be vilified and people will get angry about it. And they'll probably stand up. Now, I don't know for sure. It's possible because of what we've seen in, say, uh, in Philadelphia, where not super political people defended their statues from being torn down by the left. We'll see more of this, and it may not result in any kind of real civil conflict. I'm not confident, though. You know why? In the past couple of weeks, as I've mentioned before as well, we've seen a massive activation of people into the political space on the left and the right. I'm hearing it from many conservative and moderate channels, independent channels, that their viewership is through the roof. And I'm also seeing many of my, my, my left wing liberal friends posting insane things on social media, people who are never political. And that means when it comes down to someone showing up to take back the Chaz, to stop the occupation in Portland or Chicago or Nashville or Asheville or anywhere else, that a fight breaks out and people have already chosen their ideological tribes. They don't trust the government. The left doesn't like Trump. And now the, the conservatives don't trust the police because they're enforcing unconstitutional lockdown orders. Democratic governors are giving, a, are giving us a double standard. Protests good. Trump rally bad. Restaurant bad, but protest good. No one knows what to believe anymore. And that's it. What happens if this officer in Atlanta who is just doing his job is put on death row? Do you think Americans or cops or anybody will stand for it? I think a lot of them won't. But let's move beyond this because likely the charges won't stick. What happens if a right wing individual steps up and says, you will not take my streets and a firefight ensues and they win? And then this person gets put on death row. What happens then when our government is morality policing and telling you as a Christian, as a practitioner of Judaism or Islam, that your rights are second to Black Lives Matter. What happens when our governors tell us on the 4th of July, you may not celebrate your nation, yet we watch people in Portland tear down a statue of Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> I think people aren't going to stand for that. But come on, man, we're what? two, three weeks away from the 4th of July, the celebration of the birth of a nation, our nation, an independent nation. 
And they're telling us the lockdown orders extend well beyond this. And you can't go out in these groups. Donald Trump can't have his rally. I'm worried that they'll actually try and stop Fourth of July celebrations and what that means. And this could be a really, really, uh, I don't know, a spark, a very special day to America. They're tearing down Thomas Jefferson. In Berkeley, they are renaming schools, Washington and Jefferson, to something else. Americans, patriots who love this country, are quite literally watching it be erased before their eyes. And now with the morality policing I've mentioned, I agree with this researcher, this individual, this man, this scientist. Let me, let me actually, uh, Peter Turchin, his name, that it may lead to civil war. The COVID thing broke our economy and it shocked people. The riots activated people. And now we're getting the truth. The government lied to us about COVID. At least that's what Fauci is saying. Don't take my word for it. I'm just reading the news. I know the left loves to claim that because I read the news, it must be a conspiracy theory. I don't know. Fauci said it, not me. Business Insider reported it. Don't look at me. I'm just telling you what they said. The very least, people won't trust the government. And now with the mayor of Seattle and the governor supporting the far left occupation at gunpoint, essentially, I have to wonder what regular Americans are going to think as they watch their statues of their heroes be torn down. And what happens on the 4th of July? Maybe a civil war. Maybe the civil war won't happen till way later in Trump's term. I have no idea. All I know is this guy said it. And you know what? This guy was right 10 years ago. Here's what's funny about all this. Three years ago, when I said I, I, I fear that there could be a civil war, because I was reading a story from, I think, the New York Magazine that said this, not my opinion, my, my opinion after reading it, to be fair, we didn't know that unrest was coming in 2020. This guy did. And after all of these people were saying, these experts in these interviews, civil war is possible in America. Last year, when Bill Maher said civil war was possible. And last year, when Matt Taibbi wrote about living through a coup, they're insane, they're random. And that we are, we are in this period of counting heads, a permanent coup. Americans might soon wish they just waited to vote their way out of the Trump era. Matt Taibbi didn't know there would be widespread civil unrest in 2020. And this researcher did. I'm sorry, man. You may think it's absurd. You may think it could never happen here, but you would be wrong. It may be the probability is still low and everything's being sensationalized. It's entirely possible that to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Perhaps because I've expected this, I am now looking for evidence to back this up. But I tell you what, man, I didn't make up that nationwide pro uh, riots and looting was happening across this country, 30 plus cities. I didn't make up that they're, they're morality policing. These things are all happening. Maybe they're isolated incidents. Sure, fine, whatever. But you choose. You decide for yourself what you think is going to happen. Me? I'll tell you what. After everything I've seen, after everything I've seen, gun sales. You know that across the board, guns have been picked clean from all of these stores. You know, body armor has been picked clean from many, many stores. After all these things, with every all of these experts warning with comedians, Bill Maher, Dave Chappelle, and now you have the scientist himself who predicted the unrest saying it may be a full on civil war. Say what you want to say, man. Think what you want to think. I can't tell you what to believe, but I can tell you that it was only a week or so ago or a couple weeks ago that a bunch of far leftists showed up to Cassandra Fairbanks house with fireworks and guns banging on her windows. Maybe it's all hyperbolic. Maybe it's all exaggerated to a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. All right. I'll tell you what you do whatever you want, but I'll remind you that right now, People are buying guns in record numbers, including liberals, people who used to be for gun control. 
They're buying body armor in massive numbers. So I can only assume what people are planning for. And in the end, maybe it's all just a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I guess we can only wait and see. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. Man, there are a lot of rumors going around about what happened last night in Atlanta, but I think it's fair to say it is confirmed a blue flu occurred. If you're not familiar, blue flu is when the police all call in sick or don't respond to calls. It's usually when they call in sick, right? They don't show up because they can't go on strike. There was also reports that the police were saying they wouldn't respond to any calls unless it was officer down. So there's a bunch of people on Twitter saying these all these different zones in Atlanta are not are not responding. The scanners are dead silence. A lot of it was rumor, but they they did have to admit we do have an unusually high number of call-ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. But you know what? You know, I don't blame the the, the politicians for for having to, to lie about it, because what are they going to do if they came out and they were like, yes, all of our cops have called in sick in protest of the charges against one officer. Next question it would be bedlam in Atlanta. Well, maybe that's the point. You need the police. Now, for those that are familiar with what's going on, we got to get serious here for a minute. We are seeing an escalation so rapid that I, I, I almost can't believe it. And, and you know, look, I pride myself on having a tendency to be correct. Not all the time, but hey, I'll take 51%, you know, to 49, which means a tendency. I've gotten a lot of things wrong, but it does seem like the things I've talked about over the past several years are slowly starting to happen. It doesn't mean the final conclusion will be correct. But listen, about a week or so ago, maybe like two weeks ago, I was talking to my friends and I said that, look, they're going to start doxing people. Then they're going to show up at their houses. Then you're going to see the mob demanding charges against people. And they're going to hand people over to you know the far left and Antifa. Then they're going to start making up ridiculous charges against people to appease the mob. This is when the Constitution shatters when more morality policing arises. I can't believe it. In the course of two weeks, we've gone from literally people doxing conservatives, showing up to their houses with guns, shooting at them, that's Cassandra Fairbanks, to uh, uh, them handing over Derek Chauvin to Keith Ellison, a special prosecutor and far leftist. And now the cop involved in the Rayshard Brooks shooting, which was a tragedy, unfortunate incident, but was probably a clean act of self-defense. They're threatening him with the death penalty. And the DA appears to be lying. As far as I can tell, he's claiming that after this guy, Officer Rolf, shot Rayshard Brooks, the first thing he did was run over and start kicking him. That seems insane to me. When you watch the body camera footage of what happened in Atlanta with Rayshard Brooks, you see a calm and professional police officer. You see a man who's in, in, in the process of committing a serious offense, drunk driving, who's already on probation. It, now, some people said this is a misdemeanor, maybe because of a second offense, maybe because of probation. It's a more, more serious charge. But Rayshard Brooks was probably going to go back to prison. And he had, he had some violent felonies uh, under his belt for which he was on probation for. The cop tries to arrest him. He beats the crap out of these two cops, steals the weapon, runs, turns and fires it. And that's when Rolf returns fire. And according to the official statement from the police, you don't got to believe it. The first thing they did was try to administer first aid to save Mr. Brooks. There is, according to the Daily Mail footage, where Officer Rolf is saying, keep breathing, keep breathing for me, you know, don't die, things like that. Now, the DA is trying to claim that after they killed him and there was no, there was no aggression from Mr. Brooks, after they killed him, he ran up and kicked him and his partner stepped on him. I just don't believe it. So I'll tell you what, man, if, you know, I've talked about civil war and all that stuff. But I have never been more bullish on it 
than, than when I saw what the DA in Atlanta said about this cop. And that was it. That was like crossing the Rubicon, baby. Because you got to think about this. If you look at the actual reporting, if you look at the actual videos, you have a better understanding and make a, and have a clearer view of what happened. It was a tragedy. It was unfortunate. Whenever someone loses, loses their life, this is what happens. But Rayshard Brooks was committing a crime. He was drunk driving and he got caught. And that means the cops have to arrest him. Now, they, 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 they could have been like, OK, we're gonna let you go. But think about this. You find someone drunk driving. You can be like, well, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll just, you, you were we caught you with your engine running in your car. You were literally driving drunk, but we'll just trust you not to do it. No, the cops, the cops can't make that decision, in my opinion. Look, if you catch someone in their car, keys out of the ignition or whatever, the cops can still try and charge you with a DUI if you're trying to sleep it off. But that's messed up. That's real messed up. And maybe a jury will let you off. Maybe not. The cops in that, in that circumstance, if they find him parked and saying, look, man, I'm just drunk and try not to drive. A good cop is going to be like, all right, buddy, I appreciate it, man. In this instance, they caught the guy doing it. So they said, hey, man, we're going to bring you in because you are literally driving drunk. The dude fights him. According to the police statement from the second officer, he hit him, knocking him to the ground, giving him a concussion. Then he ran off, stole his weapon and fired it at him. Now, now, now think about this, man. In the real, in, 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 in outside of policing, if somebody pointed a weapon at you, no matter what it was, and you shot them, you would have clear self-defense. Clear. The, the, the DA in Atlanta wants to give the death penalty. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a little, a little hyperbolic. He, the, the, the officer, based on these charges, could get the death penalty. Now, I'm not saying they're actually going to charge him with it, but it's also a life in prison charge. And this is insane. And that's why I've never been more bullish on, on, on a serious civil war. What you got to understand, whenever I say this, and I'm not, I'm not talking about a forming of ranks between the North and the South, and they march towards each other, and there's guerrilla warfare. That's not what a civil war looks like around historically. The U.S. Civil War is something very, very different. All right, it's going to be something like skirmishes in city in cities, and we're getting to that point. When I saw the DA put out a video claiming that it was a callous, cold-blooded murder, I knew right away the left will see this video and they will ignore anything else and say, "Boom, there it is." You're already seeing celebrities tweet this stuff out saying justice. They have no idea what happened. I'm seeing high profile leftist people I know saying this poor man was just sleeping in his car and the cops killed him. It's just not true. So what can be done? If you want to live in blind ignorance and be a zealot, a violent zealot, you can just believe the sweet, sweet lies and join the mob. But I think the, the average person, especially those who are watching me, don't want to believe the lies. You want to know what the truth is. And the truth is it was a tragedy. But it was not a, a, a George Floyd situation. How do you now stop the left from rioting, from burning things down? You can't. They will believe the lies. And that's where the fracture happens that I don't think it can be mended. I think we are on a track to complete destruction. What, and I, I, I don't mean like the end of the world or the end of the country. I just mean something is going to spark up and there's going to be worse violence. And it's going to cause very serious troubles for people could be that Trump invokes the Insurrection Act and, and calms things down. But now let's, let's talk about the blue flu and what's, get, what's happening. All right. Atlanta mayor refuses to say how many cops failed to show up for their evening shift after scores call out sick in protest after Officer Garrett Rolfe was charged with the murder of Rayshard Brooks. This is the other side of that coin. But what you got to understand is the left wants this to happen. They want to disband and defund the police. So when the cops stop showing up, they are cheering for it. They want the system to collapse because from the ashes of the old, they will build anew. There, there's, a, there's a group of extremists, activists. I know who these people are. 
or I, sh- I should say, I know who some of them are from Occupy Wall Street who have exp- expressed this point of view. Obviously, right now, I think there's a lot of high profile people in the press. And if you really want to know their names, all you got to do is follow Andy No on Twitter because he, he's the one who documents everything these people are doing and the things they say. This is the other side of that coin, though. You get violent riots and then you charge the police with murder and the police walk off. My respect to the cops who did and to the cops who didn't. I'm actually rather shocked, but it's a tough it's, it's a rock and a hard place. You know, look, I live in a small town, a suburb. And we have a very small police department, and I have had nothing but positive interactions with every single cop where I live. I could not imagine these cops walking out and saying, I will not protect my town because the town's very small. And most, a lot of people know who these guys are, and they're, they're friendly guys. When I had a problem in my house, they were here in a minute, and they were very, very helpful. And I thank them uh, immensely for getting here as fast as they did. Small town policing is very different from big city policing. So I couldn't imagine these guys walking off the job because everybody here likes them. But you look at Atlanta, they don't have that, they don't have those, the, the, that same community support. They're out. And then what happens? The opportunists take hold. This is, the, this, this, is the, this is where things start getting dark. You know, the far left will exploit the demoralization of police. That's why they like it. So what I said the other day was, look, man, every single, every single cop in Atlanta should walk off. You know why? The conservatives want them to do it to stand up for themselves. And the left want them to do it because they don't like the cops. and They want to abolish them. Win win. I think the only people who would be freaking out are the Biden corporate Democrat type people. You know, the the, the mainstream upper class uh, corporate Dems who are going to be like, but we need our, our our police, you know, while simultaneously joining the protest to condemn them. They're the one they're the hypocrites who are going to be scared once there's no one to protect them. But to be honest, those people will just hire private security. They're the ones who say you shouldn't be allowed to have guns and they'll hire the people to stand in front of their house with guns. Let's take a look at this story. They say Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms attempted to reassure residents that the city's streets would uh, would uh, would not be any less safe despite fewer cops on patrol, because I think they missed the knot here. It says would be officers were seen to be failing to respond to calls in three of the department's six zones, with some people monitoring the police scanner reporting near radio silence. I turned on the scanner and I heard nothing. It was crazy, man. Listen, during all of these, ma- all these major incidents over the past uh, 10 years, a variety of them, like, you know, the Dorner incident, Occupy Wall Street, we listen to police scanners and it's chatter, chatter, chatter. You hear all this stuff. You turn these on, nothing. Department sources claimed that scores of officers were refusing to work last night. The, Twitter, uh, the department later tried to walk back claims that coverage was affected on Twitter. They say earlier suggestions that multiple officers from each zone had walked off the job were inaccurate. The department is experiencing a higher than usual number of callouts with the incoming shift. We have enough resources to maintain operations and remain able to respond to incidents. Well, the rumor was that Atlanta was calling nearby departments asking for help, and they all said no. Bravo, cops in Atlanta and the surrounding areas. They were like, no way, dude. You just, you're going to, you, you put a guy in front of the, uh, you, you just charged a guy with felony murder. The possibility of the death penalty for defending himself. Nah, it's all you. You do what you want to do. All right. And they should. And I explained this the other night on, 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 on the, po- on the IRL podcast, man. Look, I've had a bunch of really bad experience with cops, but I don't think you should, fu- I don't think you should, you should put the, the, the cop up for the, uh, line him up for the death penalty. That's crazy. I don't think they're really going to give him the death penalty, but this is scary, man. The escalation is so fast that we're going to see it. 
we're going to see the death penalty soon. They're going to find a cop and it's going to be a questionable uh, shooting. And, and instead of saying strip him of his powers, give him a, give him a misdemeanor or something, they're going to say off with his head. That's where we're heading, man. You thought the Twitter Robespierre's were bad. Wait till you get the literal one saying off with their head. And guess what? I am warning you now. Morality policing is here in New York, in Fort Worth and Atlanta. It is easier to kill one person who is innocent to these people than to deal with a mob destroying buildings. They will choose like like dominoes falling over. Look to the past and you can see it happen over and over and over again. When the mob becomes uncontrollable, they say, just give them what they want. And it never, never makes things better. But they'll do it because humans are predictable and humans don't learn from history. Unfortunately, some do. Many don't. So you'll see it like we're seeing now. The DA apparently in Atlanta is up for re-election and he's worried. So we need something to run on. Tough and tough on law, tough against police brutality, I say. Now he's straight up saying, I would rather just have this cop face execution than actually you stand up for the for the rule of law. It's easier to deal with killing one person than fighting thousands, hundreds or tens of thousands. So they'll do it. Now, here's the other problem is Rolf will not be convicted on this. Any jury will look at this and be like, what was he supposed to do? Dude points a taser at you, points it right back at you and fires it. And you got a third of a second to decide. Do I let him just keep firing? He already gave my partner a concussion, according to his perspective. Do I just say, let him go to take hostages? He's violent. He's belligerent. He's firing at me. As soon as that weapon pointed at his face, he went for his gun and then he fires and then he returns fire. I don't see how you get this guy with murder. I don't even say you get this guy with manslaughter in the, in, in any normal circumstance. If someone was, was pointing a weapon at you and shooting, you'd probably be justified in self-defense. So why would this cop be any different? In fact, typically cops, because they have an expectation to enter these situations, we have, they're, they're, it's lenient against them. I'm not a big fan of that all the time. Let's read a little bit more. Check this out. We got some tweets here. This, this is crazy stuff. See uh, a crime in Wrigleyville in Boystown, Chicago. Now, they were huge in covering the Jesse Smollett hoax. They responded to the, 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 the tweet from the Atlanta Police Department claiming it was, it was a number of call outs. They said, funny, I just listened to an Atlanta officer and dispatcher spend 14 minutes giving a long list of code 12 which means no report was taken because they didn't have anyone to send. Wow, man. Responding. Here is a clip where a dispatcher is told that any 29, meaning a fight in progress, where there's nobody getting severely jacked up or weapons, will be auto code 12. Straight up saying, if, if you get a call about a fight breaking out, nah, no one's going to respond to that. Wow, man. And, and the cop actually says in the clip, where there's nobody getting severely jacked up or weapons. My question is, who are these cops who stayed on the job? Are you insane? Do you have amnesia? Did you not hear the DA say that if you defend yourself, you will face potentially the death penalty? I can't imagine anyone dumb enough to put themselves in that position. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Let's say you're not a cop. All right. You're a regular person. And someone says, hey, bro, look at that. That guy's got a weapon and he's threatening people. Can you go over there and stop that? By the way, if you hurt him, I'm going to arrest you. You're going to go to prison and we'll execute you. They're going to be, what? No, you're asking me to go confront that guy with weapons. And if I have to try and stop him, I'm going to get in trouble. No, thank you. Not happening. It's all you. And that's where we're at right now. 
We got this one. Uh, uh, this tweet said AP- APD is so shut on officers. They were down hundreds of spots before this mess. Blue Flu Cernovich said, LOL, we can really listen to the police scanners. And zone six is radio silence. And zone five is close to that. Earlier, uh, so that's the tweet. There, there's a lot happening in our cities and our officers are receiving the brunt of it, quite frankly. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms told CNN. Bottoms said that the city has promised a pay raise to Atlanta's officers, but that she expects that our officers will keep their commitment to our communities. I'm sorry, man. Look, I thought about my local cops and I see no reason for them right now to walk off the job or walk away. But I, I have been thinking about getting, you know, like, why, why don't we see all of these different cops just a blue flu, man, across the board. I thought about it. It makes no sense for a small town department because we know and we like them. We got their back. They got our back. And we're all a small town and we go to the barbecues and everybody's kind of friendly. We don't all know each other because there's still tens of thousands of people here. But for the most part, you walk into the department, they're cordial. They know you. That's that's smaller town suburban living. And some people have like, I think AOC argued that's what city policing should be like. And it's like, but the population density of your cities, the crime rates, it's all so different. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I believe in police reform. I'm 100% for that because I think there's things we can do that can, that can better equip and protect police, that can restore confidence in police and can actually restore, con- uh, like restoring confidence of the people, knowing that if there are bad cops, there will be accountability. We can't simply, there's questions about qualified immunity. We can't simply say that all cops are immune because then bad cops take advantage of that. But I don't know how that manifests and, and what the right way to, to, to go about that is. And I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. What I do know is it's time to sit down and have a conversation about what we can do to mend that divide, to say to the police, like, what would make you feel better? And maybe there's no answer, to be honest, because, you know, we see the videos of cops getting shot. And, and, and although it doesn't happen all the time, it's actually extremely rare. You're asking someone to enter these situations where you look with Rayshard Brooks and they get attacked and the guy steals his weapon. So what, what, what can you expect? But I do want to say this. I want to ask why to all these Atlanta cops, you stayed on the job. You, they, they, they've not, look, your community didn't turn their back on you. They did something worse. They came right up to your face and they spat in it. They told like, I, I can't imagine any, 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 any sane person, any regular person who watched that video would conclude the charges brought against this cop are justified. And if we're me, I'd quit on the spot. I just walk right. I'd quit straight up. I would just walk out back later, not coming back. You don't got my back. I don't got yours. But this isn't the same question as like, you know, we see a lot of stories about questionable shootings and I feared for my life and people can complain about this. The Rayshard Brooks is, in my opinion, clear cut. The dude was a was drunk, violent, had violent felony charges, was on probation, beat two cops up, drew a weapon and pointed right at the guy. And I'm like, I don't know how you get more clear cut than that on self-defense. I really, really don't. And then uh, apparently, according to the Daily Mail, they tried to save his life. They didn't want to kill him. It's a tragedy. But you're going to get the death penalty for it. I'm, I'm shocked that there are Atlanta cops that are just OK with this, really. Maybe maybe they're that desperate for cash or something. Maybe there needs to be a, a, a fund set up, some kind of uh, uh, financial pool to make sure that if cops are forced off the job because of these things, that they can have, you know, some some cash coming, maybe maybe a foundation of some sort. And I think, you know, it kind of it's a bipartisan thing. Listen, if the left wants to disband the police, I got the easiest way to do it. Let's create a temporary fund where, you know, uh, the cops will be supported and can leave. And then there you go. You win. Congratulations, left. We we don't disfund the uh, we don't disband them. We don't have to. The cops can just walk away. 
And then for the cops that want to blue flu or stand up for themselves and walk out, we'll have some kind of support. I'm not saying to do anything. I'm saying maybe that's what needs to happen before these cops can actually walk out because too many are scared that, you know, they're, they have to feed their families or whatever. They say the mayor admitted that morale within the police department, uh, police force was low, but would not reveal how many officers had called out Wednesday night, Wednesday's evening shift. Bottoms attempted to reassure the city's residents that the department could cope and that some officers had agreed to work overtime. She's lying because if she came out and said our cops didn't show up, chaos in the streets. So maybe it's true that very few cops actually stayed on, maybe only a couple dispatchers or something. Maybe what we heard on the scanners, the little chatter there was, was simply cops, you know, in the office, administrative. Or maybe there were a decent amount. She says, we do have enough officers to cover us through the night. Why? How is that possible? Our streets wouldn't be any less safe because of the number of officers who called out. But it is, is my hope again that our officers will remember the commitment they made when they held up their hand and they were sworn in as police officers. I'm going to throw that right back at you. What about the commitment the, the, the community makes to the police that we have your back, you have ours? They, that, that's gone. The contract is broken. Look at this. They say Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard announced 11 charges against Garrett Wolf, who was fired after he shot Rayshard Brooks twice in the back. Wolf faces 11 charges, including felony murder, five counts of aggravated assault, four counts of violation of oath of office, and one count of criminal damage to property. What? That's insane, man. Devin Brosnan, the other officer at the shooting, faces an aggravated assault charge for standing on Brooks in the parking lot. Both officers' uh, lawyers have said they are not guilty. It's interesting. Why would Brosnan stand on a man who was just shot? The left will tell you it was cruelty, it was callous, or maybe it's because they needed to restrain the man and they don't know the scope of injury, and they were also told they can't kneel on him. There's no answer right now, man. All you can do, you don't know if this guy's armed, you haven't frisked him. That doesn't matter. They don't got your back. I also don't believe that they said that... uh, uh, a Rolf kicked the guy when he was down. I don't believe it. Sorry, I don't. Show me the video. All right, that, that's all I got to say. Show me the video, and I'll more, I'm more than happy to expect uh, uh, to look at the evidence. But the evidence hasn't been presented, and I'll tell you this right now: the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is outraged because they said we haven't even completed our investigation, and the DA just jumped on charges. We don't even know what happened yet. So I think these guys will definitely get off for sure. Apparently, the DA is lying about the cooperation from with with Brosnan or whatever. So we'll see what happens, but. I'm sorry, man. This to me is a, is a red line. A cop being charged with felony murder and all of these aggravated assault charges. Watch the video, watch the body camera footage, and you're going to be like, wow, man, will we even have cops after this? Maybe. But I'll tell you what, if these cops ever try to enforce the law, how easy will it be to just accuse the department of, the, uh, of brutality and callousness and just win and just straight up win? How, how often now will there be police in cities who are saying, I can't stop that criminal because I will get in trouble? We saw it before. We'll see it again. I'll leave it there. There's a lot more going on right now. I got a lot of stories lined up. I will see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. Ladies and gentlemen, fret not. Though there have been many stories of injustice in the past few weeks that may have left you without hope, I bring to you two preliminary stories that show justice may actually be served. Now, don't get too excited because they haven't been resolved, but there is some decently good news if you're, in, if you're interested in law and order. The first is that a woman 
who firebombed a vehicle was tracked down by the cops, the FBI. They found her because she had a tattoo and because the shirt she was wearing was uniquely made and shipped to her. They were, it was very easy for them to actually track down who this woman was, find her. And she has been, I believe she's been arrested. Now, the other story is that the man in New Mexico who was chased after by the far left and was being beaten, fired his gun in self-defense, has had his charges dropped. If you're not familiar with the story, there, there's some argument about whether he started the fight or whatever. He was fighting with people at the statue. You can see some people touching him, him pushing people off. It's hard to know who was the aggressor, but he did run away. They chased him. Someone yelled something about killing somebody. Someone, one of these guys in all black runs up and grabs his skateboard, hits him with it. He draws his gun. One, two, three, four. Guy goes down critically injured. Now, they initially charged the guy with aggravated battery, but apparently in a photo, you can see the other guy might be holding a weapon, a knife. And apparently, the, 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 uh, I believe it was the police or the prosecutor, we'll read the story, said they recovered these weapons so they can't charge the guy right now until they figure out what is going on. Let's get started with this first story. FBI tracked down white woman who set cop cars alight by tracing custom t-shirt she wore at Philadelphia demonstration to Etsy, which led them to her LinkedIn and Poshmark accounts. You want to know something crazy? They got her. All right. That's the good news. What if I were to tell you that Vice Magazine, Vice Media, wanted to advise you on how to avoid getting caught when destroying things? Amazing, isn't it? Please take the necessary precautions to protect your identity before you go to a protest. A tattoo and Etsy shirt led cops to arrest a woman. Wow. They say she's accused. Okay. That's fair. Innocent until proven guilty. But I got to say, if they did arrest the right person, I mean, there's videos and photos of her throwing the Molotov cocktails. So let's read the story from, uh, from the Daily Mail. They say, a white woman believed to have set fire to two cop cars during a protest in Philadelphia has been arrested after investigators traced her shirt to an Etsy page, ultimately leading to the woman's social media accounts. Lore Elizabeth Blumenthal, 33, faces two counts of felony arson for her role in setting ablaze two Philadelphia uh, department vehicles following peaceful protests on May 30th. Okay, please stop. You can't say peaceful protest and burning police vehicles in the same sentence. Maybe you want to say it was peaceful up until that point. I think at that point, the whole incident becomes a violent riot. I, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. FBI agents used Instagram posts of the burned cars along with 500 photos from various photographers to identify the wording on the woman's shirt. Keep the immigrants, deport the racists. The FBI agents explained in his affidavit, Vice reports, agents discovered that the shirt was custom made and sold on Etsy and found that a user XXXXMV had posted a review about purchasing the shirt. The URL belonging to the Etsy was Ali Catlore. The page listed Philadelphia as being where the user lived. Now, I want to point something out. I am not one to drag people on their appearances. I am not one to drag people for, you know, look, thing, things they can't necessarily change. And I'm more interested in top level ideas. Can we talk about the idea of why she would do this? This image right here. Agents used Blumenthal's Etsy page to find her LinkedIn page. This is her. I don't know when this is her, but something happened to her and it's horrifying. Okay. Take a look at that image. I'm now going to scroll down and show you who this person is and what she looks like today. She's got um, matted uh, uh, dreadlocks of some sort. She looks kind of unkempt, filthy, like she hasn't been taking care of her hygiene. She is overweight. She is not the same person. 
It's, it's actually kind of shocking. And it's and look, I'm not saying this to to deride her based on, you know, her, her appearance or anything, but to point out some kind of degradation of uh, uh, of just general hygiene and function occurs to these people. And I, I don't know what it is. It could be, you know, the body positivity stuff. But there's there's a meme that goes around about when people go to college. Now, again, this photo may be 10, 13 years old or more. Maybe it's for when she's a late teenager. I have no idea. But we have seen this happen to these people. Once they get wrapped up in this cult ideology, which makes them dangerous extremists, they go from being normal looking people who cut their hair, who clean their clothes to frumpy, you know, just what's the right word? Like they're not taking care of themselves anymore. Like they really are falling apart. The reason I bring this up is it's it's it reminds me of drug addiction. And I have to wonder if there's something related to that in what's wrong with these people. They become lost and addicted to something where they no longer take care of themselves and they degrade. I was talking to a high profile lefty feminist about how when you go to the RNC, the Republican convention, you'll find people are typically they're fit. Not all of them, but you'll see taller, more fit men and thinner, more fit women. And the inverse is true for uh, the DNC, the Democratic Party. I'm not going to tell you why that is, but I can tell you that I have noticed this trend among the far left that they tend to fall apart, whatever that means. I think it's very, very interesting to point out. Now, maybe she's just older, but come on. How, how do you how do you? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'll just leave it there. They go on to say the FBI then Googled Alley Cat Lore and found a user named Lore Elizabeth on Poshmark. Agents then looked up Lore Elizabeth Philadelphia and found a LinkedIn page for a woman who works as a massage therapist for a company in the Philadelphia area. Authorities then used videos from the company's Vimeo accounts to identify tattoos that matched Blumenthal to the woman at the protest. Authorities found a phone number on the website and then used it to identify the woman's address and DMV photo. While this occurred, Etsy provided purchasing records following a subpoena and confirmed that XXMV purchased a shirt the subpoena also revealed that the items were sent to a Lore Elizabeth in Philadelphia. Here we can see her saying, fast shipping, thanks very much. Paul Hetznicker, the woman's lawyer, expressed concern about prosecutors charging her in a federal court instead of leaving local authorities to deal with the case. The techniques utilized by the FBI are going to be scrutinized during the course of my pretrial investigation of this case, he said. Black Lives Matter protesters and other demonstrators have convened in the city to protest the killing of George Floyd. Ahmed Arbery and Brianna Taylor, while decrying police brutality and racism in the United States on May 30th, when the arson occurred. The reason why I brought up her appearance, again, absolutely not to, to critique her or, or deride her because she doesn't look well, but it's to point out maybe mental unwellness brought on by perhaps drug abuse, brought on by perhaps some co- other kind of mental issue. We've talked about this before how these cultists prey upon this type of mind, the impressionable, scared, lost and fractured mind. I wonder if what we're seeing is a mentally unwell woman who is being exploited by extremists to do the dirty work, to do the things they don't want to get caught doing. Then she does this and then she gets arrested. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I think we're, we're looking at a lot of people. We see a lot of these people out in the street. Many of them are homeless. They're squatters. These are people who are not These are people who are in need of some kind of help and therapy. And I mean that with the utmost sincerity and respect, like they're unwell people who are angry and confused and they're not. You know what it could be? There's a correlation between not eating right, 
not taking care of yourself, not exercising and degrading into a poor mental state where you do something like this. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. If you're someone who goes out with Molotov cocktails and firebombing vehicles, you are unwell. Like period, you are unwell. Photos and videos taken at the scene show a woman using a burning piece of wood from a police barricade and throwing it on the rear window of a, a PPD sedan that was already on fire. The woman then takes the burning wood and then uses it on a, an SUV that was not on fire. Quote, we at the U.S. Attorney's Office fully support the First Amendment right of the people to assemble peaceably and to petition their government. But torching a police car has nothing to do with peaceful protest or any legitimate message. It is a violent and despicable act that will be prosecuted in this district to the fullest extent of the law, said U.S. Attorney McSwain in a press release. I find it absolutely fascinating. Her lawyer's response is, oh, but the feds shouldn't do it. Shut up. It's a federal law enforcement. What are you going to do? You're torching a police vehicle. I'm pretty sure it's a federal crime. Anybody who engaged in such acts can stand by to put your hands behind your back and uh, back and head to federal prison. We are coming for you. Law and order, baby. Hopefully it stays true. Blumenthal faces up to eight, 80 years in prison. Whoa. If convicted, followed by three years of supervised 80. Is that, was that what I'm reading that right? I thought it was eight. Wow. 80. She faces a fine of up to half a million dollars. The release notes that civil unrest followed the peaceful protest and resulted in widespread looting, burglary, arson, destruction of property and other violent acts. Look, I think she's just not well. I got to be honest. I just think she is not well. It's a sad story, man. But let's jump over to um, a, still a tragedy. I mean, I got to be honest, man. I don't like hearing about people losing their lives. I don't care. Sorry. That's just me. You know, they're, they're, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Phil from All That Remains again, because I, I, I shouted out his tweet the other day. He said that the death penalty was immoral. It was wrong. And I 100% agree. And he, he nailed it with a tweet saying, I don't trust the government to fix a pothole. I'm not going to trust them to, to, you know, accurately end like to, to end the right person's life, to put it that way. The way I've always explained it is, listen, innocent people do die on death row. And it is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer. Benjamin Franklin. Blackstone's formulation, 10 guilty persons escape, then one innocent suffer. It's a serious compromise and it's a serious challenge, but I lean towards liberty. I will not endorse a state that will end someone's life because they cannot be sure. And that's it. I'll tell you what, man, these more, these morality questions, these ethics questions, it's a rock in a hard place. Because if you let those criminals out, and they victimize other innocent people. I get it. Now more innocent people are suffering. It's very, very, very difficult to figure this out. But at least... I can say from a principal standpoint, I can't be the person endorsing that system. More to the point with this story, I am sad that this person, this far leftist, whatever their you know issues are, got shot several times. You, I, they're, they're, you know, anybody who I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of people laughing and cheering for this stuff. I don't laugh and cheer for war. I don't laugh and cheer for violence, chaos, and destruction. I want to see creation. I want to see protection. I want to see what we would deem to be you know, virtuous, light, the creation, the expansion, the, the, the love, the, the, the cherishing. But I also recognize there are dark, there, there, is, there is darkness, there is evil, there are bad people. This Antifa guy, this far leftist, attacked a man, swung a skateboard at him while he was beaten by three people, and this guy fired in self-defense, 100% agreed. Apparently now they're dropping the charges against him because they agree with this. Now they're still investigating. He still may be charged later on. But for now, they're saying it looks like these guys had weapons and we don't know exactly, you know, uh, who's at fault for the most part. It may be justified self-defense. Based on what I saw, 
I can I would conclude personally it was justified self-defense. It, I am sad to see someone take several bullets, but I'm also sad to see this guy swinging a skateboard at him. I don't like any of the conflict. It's horrible. And I, I wish it would deescalate because I'm, I'm scared about what comes after this. But I, I, I tell you what, man, I will defend your right to defend yourself. You, you should not be forced to just lay down and take a face full of skateboard where a guy is potentially holding a knife or whatever. You have a right to defend yourself. I'm not going to blame you for it. I'm just upset it had to come to this. And I think most, most good people will recognize death and destruction is, is, is awful. Even for bad people, it's ri- I'll put it this way, right? The death penalty, I understand. There, there are some cases coming up right now in federal court having to deal with, or in federal, with federal crimes having to do with child abuse. And a lot of people are saying, good. I totally hear you. If I was 100% sure and it was proven beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did this, and that's a high standard for me, then I hear you why you want to end this person's life. I still think it's sad that we have to kill people, that we would have to do something like that. Now, again, I defer to, I, I revert back to the, I don't trust the state to get it right. And if, if one innocent person, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't endorse it. But I, I, look, you, you're free to have your positions. You can argue. I've heard some good conservative arguments for the death penalty. And, and, and I mean that. Just not for me. Not for me. Reuters reports. A New Mexico prosecutor on Wednesday dropped a shooting charge against an Albuquerque man suspected of shooting a protester and called for further investigations after allegations the protester was armed at the time he was shot. Bernalillo, Bernalillo, County District Attorney Raul Torres, said he had serious concerns. An initial police investigation into the Monday shooting did not identify who owned multiple weapons collected at the scene, including knives, nor interview key bystanders and police. Torres dropped an initial aggravated battery with a deadly weapon charge against Stephen Baca, 31, after images emerged online showing protester Scott Williams, 39, holding what was rumored to be a knife before he was allegedly shot by Baca. Torres said he expected Baca to claim self-defense in the case. It looked like a knife, man. I'm sorry. It looked like he was holding a black blade. And when he falls, you see him drop something. If they recovered a weapon at the scene, stands to reason Baca saw a weapon and went, oh no, what do I do? And he defended himself. Quote, there have been rumors on social media about what transpired in the final seconds before this, and we are actively looking into those and whether or not this was justified, Torres told an online press briefing. The reason he is not facing that charge right now is because this investigation is not complete. Videos show Baca, a counter-protester, at a demonstration to remove a conquistador statue, tussling with demonstrators before pulling out a handgun and shooting several times. Torres said that under New Mexico law, a person cannot claim self-defense if they are the first aggressor. Now, this is, uh, this is the important factor. Baca was running away. Will they argue that he started the fight and then ran away? Or will, they, will, will, the, will the defense argue, if that's the case, that he may have instigated a fight, but as soon as he ran away, he had, the, the, the fight was over and they started a new fight? I don't believe you can claim they were acting in defense by chasing after him. Sorry. There's also video showing that a woman was grabbing him first. The woman, so he threw a woman down, but it appeared that she was getting in his face and blocking him and pressing her body against his. Sorry. It looks like the whole thing for him is self-defense. Torres said, uh, okay, we read that. Torres said his office had put out a call for information on allegations Williams was armed. Right now, I have no evidence to suggest that he was in any way armed, Torres said. The fact that we haven't charged it, the shooting charge today, doesn't mean it will not be charged. Torres filed four new charges against Baca for unlawful carrying of a firearm and battery for allegedly assaulting three women before the shooting. 
Baca's lawyer, Jason Bolas, said he would plead not guilty to all charges. The Albuquerque Journal reported Bolas did not immediately respond to a request for further comment. Now, as I've already shown you, Vice Media said, please make sure you're protecting your identity when you go and protest. It's interesting. This woman, the initial one with the Molotov, she wasn't protesting. This is violent insurrection. She's torching police vehicles. She's throwing firebombs. She could kill people. It's a federal crime. She's being charged. The FBI tracked her down. Why is Vice telling people, giving them advice on what to do to avoid being arrested by the police when they commit arson? Because I think we're dead. I think we're heading for really dark times. Now, this is, you know, look, these these stories are, are, are net negatives in a sense, but perhaps there's hope here. Right now in, in Atlanta, I, I, I covered this and you've probably heard the news. The district attorney in Atlanta is charging Officer Garrett Rolfe, who shot Ray, uh, Rayshard Brooks with felony murder charges. He's fa- he potentially faces the death penalty over this. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It feels like the rule of law is breaking down. Like I mentioned several times, you may have heard it. New York won't prosecute protesters, but you can't go to church. Fort Worth has dropped rioting charges against people who are rioting at these events. That's morality policing. And the DA is going to put someone potentially on death row, charging them with a very, very serious crime for doing their job and defending themselves when someone fired a weapon. That's scary. That's morality policing. That's the dark times. But this should be, even though it's kind of negative, these are these are crazy stories, still a little bit of hope. Why? It's two stories showing this woman who thought she could get away with, with, with violently attacking, you know, public property and the police, she's been arrested 80 years in prison. And a man who was defending himself against a lawless mob now has his charges dropped. These stories may change. Maybe the woman with the Molotov gets off. Maybe they argue some technicality and the feds are forced to drop the charges and she gets away with it. We'll see. Maybe they investigate and they ultimately determine this guy who defended himself is at fault and they actually end up recharging him. We will see. But I think there's, there's, there's dark times ahead. Uh, Steven Crowder, you may have seen, he put out a video earlier, just a rant on a cell phone, and he mentioned civil war. I agree with him. And, and I'll mention this because I've been mentioning a lot more lately because of what's been going on. It's not going to look like the American Civil War. This is, a, this is, a, this is a, a bias Americans have. Look to other historical civil wars. They pop up randomly. It's going to result in a street battle in D.C., someone storming the White House, some ridiculous nonsense. And, they, and the protesters have already tried tearing down the, the, uh, the security barricades. And they torched one of the, one of the uh, buildings at the White House, one of the um, checkpoint buildings, I guess. Civil war is not going to be armed factions marching in fields. It's going to be a group of insurrectionaries storming the gates of some building. And it's when they have institutional support from people in government. And people in government are already saying insane things. They're calling Trump a traitor. We are closer than we've ever been. But now with the prosecution from the DA in Atlanta, I think this is this, this is past. We, we've crossed the Rubicon. This is the red line. Claiming that this officer killed a non-aggressive man who was sleeping in his car is now going to create an army of fervent zealots who don't know the truth and don't care. That's why I highlighted these stories. The next segment I'm going to do over at 4 p.m., a professor warned, I believe it was 10 years ago, that he was tracking what was happening and is now saying what may come next is a civil war. Something I've talked about before, but I want to give you a little taste of positivity before we go into the darkness. This segment talked about law and order being upheld. The next segment coming up at TimCast.net, go check it out, is about the breakdown of law and order. So it'll get a little negative. 
I will see you over there at 4 p.m. again, timcast.net. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you then. Consider this an addendum to my main channel segment. If you didn't check it out, go to timcast.net. Goes up at four every day. I talked about a professor saying that he believes the next step after all this civil unrest, it will, it could be civil war. And I think they're setting us up to tee off for some kind of civil unrest. Sort of. I'm not trying to assert that there's a grand conspiracy or anything like that. Just that whether intentionally or not, pieces are being laid that will lead in that direction. I want to get more into the nitty gritty on this one. Exclusive. Fulton County DA is accused of setting Atlanta up for new rounds of rioting because the severe charges against the cop who killed Rayshard Brooks will never stand up in court. Vice.com tweeted out, make sure you protect your identity when protesting on a story about how the feds tracked down an arsonist, an Antifa individual. Why would they be trying to help people get away with this? Now we're hearing that uh, the DA in Fulton County, where they charged a cop just doing his job with murder, may be setting them up for more riots. And then we have this story. Popular mechanics blasted for a guide on how to topple a statue. Why would uh, <laughs> a news outlet try and ex- teach people how to commit acts of, uh, of vandalism and destruction when most people don't agree with the statues being pulled down in the first place? Because the pieces are all being lined up. And I don't think it's intentional. I think each of these individuals have idealistic aims, but it is setting us up for massive conflict. They are straight up telling us we are teaching people we want things to get worse. Let's, 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 let's take a look at this first story here from the Daily Mail. They say the executive director of the Peace Officers Association, Georgia, has accused Fulton District Attorney Paul Howard of setting up the city of Atlanta for another riot by bringing severe charges against the cop who shot dead Rayshard Brooks that will never stand up in court. Former officer Garrett Rolfe has until 6 p.m. on Thursday evening to turn himself in after Howard took the unprecedented step of issuing arrest warrants for Rolfe and officer Devin, Devin Brosnan before any indictments were brought. Brosnan, 26, had the same deadline but turned himself in around 11.30 a.m. Rolfe has been charged on 11 counts, the first of which is felony murder. So, so we, we do know this. and I'm not going to talk too much about it. They say in an exclusive interview with Daily Mail, POA executive director John Edwards has slammed the DA by jumping ahead of the GBI's ongoing investigation and bringing charges that he believes owe more to the politics and flavor of the day than an objective decision based on the totality of the facts. They say no one, uh, no use of force is ever pretty. And the courts, courts don't judge use of force on whether it's right or wrong. They judge it on whether it was reasonable. It's complex. It's contextual. And it takes time for investigators to see through all the witnesses, all the evidence, all the totality of the facts and circumstances. And then they have to be objective, not feeling before thinking. When they are making a decision that affects so many people's lives, that has to be based on evidence, not the politics or the flavor of the day. Edwards, who has 42 years of law enforcement experience, including 34 as a special agent in charge of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, said he never in his entire career witnessed a DA jumping ahead of investigators or bringing warrants ahead of indictments. He said, let's say this case that Paul Howard has spun goes to trial. 12 good men and women now look at this and say, there's no way I'm convicting on that. Paul Howard has just successfully set the city up for another riot. Why? Why do it? Re-election? 
because his reelection is before an actual trial would ever take place. Is this man really willing to sacrifice his city for a little bit of power? Yes, these people are scumbags. They are evil. They are setting things up. They're setting things up because they don't care about what happens next. They're setting things up because it's going to get them a little bit of a, a power in the short term. Now, many of these people are zealots. They're ideologues. But I think this guy, this DA, he just wants to be like, look how tough I am on police brutality. It'll get reelected. This guy will get off. The charges will, will fall through and then the city will burn. They say if Howard, who is up for reelection, hoped to take the heat out of the controversial shooting by bringing swift charges, as he had promised, he has been sorely disappointed as Edwards Woods words come amid a growing backlash against the myriad of charges. Protesters gathered at the site of the shooting, the now burned out Wendy's on Wednesday afternoon, blocking the intersection of University Avenue and Pryor Road. Some held bullhorns, others openly displayed firearms. But even as they chanted, we got him. The GBI was taking the unprecedented step of issuing a public statement, distancing themselves from the DA's office and charges. In a statement posted on Facebook within an hour of the DA's press conference, the Bureau said it had neither been warned, warned of nor consulted on the charges, and that though they had made significant progress, the investigation was far from complete. They said despite today's occurrence, the GBI will complete its mission of completing an impartial and thorough investigation. We will submit the file once completed to the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. The kickback has gathered momentum as Trump, who had previously described the shooting as disturbing, has now backed Rolf, telling Sean Hannity, you can't resist a police officer. And if you have a disagreement, you take it up after the fact. And Trump's right. Sometimes bad cops lie, but you're not going to win by resisting. And you're not going to win, especially if you steal their weapon and fire it at them. All this can do, in my opinion, is lead to more rioting. But the good news for the rioters is they will be well equipped with good information on how to actually do it because the media has been teaching them and advising them, Vice saying, make sure you properly, you know, cover up your, your, your tattoos and stuff like this. Why are you giving advice to rioters, Vice? It's so, what a terrible company, man. I feel bad for the founders of that company. You know, if it were me, I would be ashamed of what they've become. But popular mechanics, I guess this isn't so surprising. A guide on how to topple a statue. The New York Post reports, popular mechanics magazine has come under fire after publishing a detailed guide on toppling monuments. Bring that sucker down without anyone getting hurt, the article posted Monday encourages readers, promising the best advice on how to topple a statue using science. Author James Stout says his article is inspired by the worldwide attacks on problematic monuments. Oh, I just can't stand these people. Problematic. Well, that's problematic. This statue is bad. Shut up, moron. Tied to the legacy of racism amid ongoing protests. Should you happen to find yourself near a statue, that you decide you no longer like. We asked scientists for the best, safest ways to bring it to the ground without anyone getting hurt. Except, of course, for the inanimate racist who's been dead for a century anyway, the article says. Mechanical engineer Scott Holland then advised how, with about 70 strong friends, protesters could pull down most statues with four by four recovery straps around the head or the neck. Holland also suggested using a butane or propane torch to heat up the statue saying, you'll be there for 50 to 20 minutes, but it's a lot easier. Okay. So now the next time someone gets a statue dropped on their head, can they sue popular mechanics saying, hey, they told us to do it. They said, here's how you do it. I certainly hope someone tries. Failing that, there's also chemical approach, 
with a detailed guide to melting the damn thing using thermite, Stat writes, saying it has the fun bonus of producing a high-pitched squeal. Okay. When someone dies because you told them to go play with thermite, that's insane. I hope they sue you and hold you responsible. One could imagine it sounding something like the sound of a Confederate, a Confederate general would make if their feet were on fire. Chris Harrison, a chemistry professor at San Diego State University, told the magazine. The article quickly sparked outrage online, with many saying they've ended their subscriptions. The liberals gradually destroyed it with way too much, uh, too much popular and way too little mechanics. One of those canceling, an army veteran named Dylan, tweeted, We have finally gone insane. Popular mechanics goes full on revolutionary. Another person wrote, pushing anarchy. You're done, popular mechanics. Popular mechanics goes full Taliban. Christina Summers wrote, saying she always thought the magazine was about building things, not bringing them down. Yeah, it's ISIS. They destroy art and monuments and statues. But now our mainstream institutions are setting us up for chaos and destruction. There's no cohesive system. You know what I think is happening is that we're seeing a return to baseline, kind of. There is no common culture. There is no common narrative, no common truth. And you've got a bunch of random people doing random things. And that's it. Maybe there will be, uh, you know, uh, now these, these random, this randomness. And no, look, the reason I say this is because everyone seems to argue about what the factions really are. Left, right, you know, Trump, anti-Trump, libertarian, authoritarian, globalist, nationalist. And in reality, it's just a bunch of different people seeing a bunch of different things. And if you have a slight overlap with one group, you'll probably align with them. Mainstream Democrats will end up tacitly approving of these things just because it's the left. And moderates and the politically homeless, former, former liberals, now find themselves standing side by side with Trump supporters, even though they probably agree on very little outside of, you know, civil libertarianism, the right to free speech, protecting art, etc. This is what you're going to get, and you're going to get more of it. And we're going to see riots, and the riots will devolve. And if we end up with more riots, which we will, then we've already seen regular people and conservatives come out to defend against these riots now. What happens when in a few months, more riots kick off and then the right shows up and the fights break out? I think that's when we can start talking seriously about some kind of civil war. For now, you have the far left just romping around, destroying things and creating a shield for people who just want destruction. The people who just want to watch the world burn, not, not even ideologues, just people who go and smash stuff up for fun. They're, they're providing shields for that. Well, there's going to be regular people who stand up against it. The police will probably vilify them because it's easier to target the right. It always is. You have these boogaloo guys literally saying they want to kill police. And yet the media says that's right wing. Never mind that Antifa literally spray paints kill cops all over the place. Certainly the people who have done it now must be right wing, they say. None of it makes sense. But you know what happens then when the right tries to defend themselves? Well, they're the bad guys. That's how it works. That's how the media will play it. And then things will get truly spicy, I guess. But that's just, it's just a couple stories where they're lining things up. Stick around. I got a couple more segments in just a few minutes, and I will see you all short. Now, this story is particularly strange. Donald Trump ran an ad about Antifa and used this symbol, the upside down red triangle. And the left immediately said, aha, the mask has slipped. Trump has used Nazi iconography. This is, I got to tell you, it's a weird, weird, really, really weird story. Apparently, the Trump campaign, uh, many people are saying it's just meant to be like a yield sign like these other symbols. The Trump team is now saying that Antifa uses this symbol and it's just a symbol of Antifa. That's technically true. Well, so I'll give you my, my first take. When I first saw this, 
I've never seen that upside down triangle before. Never. And I've covered all of uh, these protests over the past several years. I've, I was on the ground at Occupy Wall Street. I was at Berkeley. I was at a bunch of these riots and protests. I've never seen Antifa use that symbol. They have the weird little flags. They have the three arrows. Like it looks like a pitchfork, the, you know, the strike through. Now I've not seen this. Upon seeing it, I did some digging and I found, yes, there are some groups that have used it for a long time. I don't know if it's specifically an Antifa thing or just a symbol created by one person. But this story is very, very strange because it appears the Nazis did literally use that to label dissidents in, in prison. So particularly, my understanding is if they were protecting Jewish people, they would make them wear an upside down red triangle. Let's read this story and try and break this down, because I tell you, it's weird. There's a left wing conspiracy theory going around right now that I find kind of hilarious. The Washington Post says, in an online salvo against Antifa, the pre- uh, President Trump's reelection campaign displayed a marking the Nazis once used to designate political prisoners in concentration camps. A red inverted triangle was first used in the 1930s to identify communists and was applied as well to social Democrats, liberals, Freemasons, and other members of opposition parties. The badge forced on Jewish political prisoners, by contrast, featured a yellow triangle overlaid by a red triangle. In response to queries from the Washington Post, Facebook on Thursday deactivated ads that included the inverted red triangle. First and foremost, the media has now accused Trump of using Nazi symbols and by their own actions, gotten Facebook to ban Trump's ads. Oh man, the can of worms this opens up. I tell you what, it doesn't matter if you find the symbol offensive. The fact is, it is just an upside down triangle. That's it. And Facebook has now banned a Trump ad at the behest of the Washington Post. The Anti-Defamation League does not list this symbol as a negative symbol. Now, let me tell you the left wing conspiracy theory. They are now claiming that what Trump is doing is essentially crop dusting Nazi iconography. The idea being that Trump can use something seemingly innocuous, a red upside down triangle, so that he gets really close to using Nazi symbols, but not quite. That way, when the media invariably overreacts, forcing Facebook to ban him, he can scream bias. And then take a look at these other symbols, just road signs, an exclamation point, slow. And they will come back and say, this is ridiculous. It was just a yield sign. It's the regular old yield sign. And so many other companies use an upside down red triangle. Not only that, there is literally an upside down red triangle emoji. Why would that be considered offensive? Because they claim it's a dog whistle to let everybody on the right know. I'm sorry. If this is a dog whistle, it was a dog whistle to the left. That's it, to be honest. The leftists who knew that that symbol was used to go after communists and, and opposition parties, because most people don't know this. Most people on the right don't know this. I didn't even know this. The left knew this. The left saw this. The left overreacted and then got Facebook to ban the, the ad. And yes, Facebook did. So now the Trump team is coming out and saying that Antifa does use the symbol. So I have no idea what's going on, but I can tell you this, man, maybe that's the plan. Maybe it's not necessarily a conspiracy, but the Trump campaign knows they can play silly games and troll the left and the left freaks out. And now they look insane. They, com- they look absolutely insane. <sighs> look, man, I did some digging. And what did I find? Yes. Check out this image. This is from August 27th, 2016, Antifa Utrecht. And they have an upside down red triangle. It took me 30 seconds to find this. 
I found a bunch, a couple other things where there have been Antifa groups years ago using this symbol. I mean, it's literally Antifa Utrecht and they have an upside down red triangle. What do you want me to say about that? So when Trump says they use this, they do. They literally do. Let's read a little bit more. Facebook says, we removed these posts and ads for violating our policy against organized hate, said Andy Stone, a Facebook spokesman. Our policy prohibits using a banned hate group symbol to identify political prisoners without the context that condemns or discusses the symbol. Okay, this is on Facebook right now. This Antifa Utrecht is on Facebook. Okay, I get it. It's, it's not as high profile as the president's campaign. But hey, Facebook hasn't removed this. My question is, will they? That's going to be interesting, won't it? I, I think that they won't for the most part. They say the ads on the president's page alone, which began running on Wednesday, gained as many as nine, uh, 950,000 impressions by Thursday morning. Identical ads on Pence's page gained as much as a half, half a million. Tim Murtaugh, spokesman for the Trump campaign, said the red triangle is an Antifa symbol, pointing to examples of iPhone cases and water bottles branded with the insignia. A more common emblem for the anti-fascist movement includes two flags, one red, one black, enclosed in a circle. Although certain symbols the Nazis deployed have been reclaimed, including the pink triangle used in concentration camps, the red triangle has not been recast in a similar way, said Jacob S. Etter, a historian of modern Germany at the Berenboim, uh, uh, Berenboim said Academy in Berlin. Okay, I have a, 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 a more recent uh, statement here. Facebook removes Trump ads that use Nazi symbol despite campaign's defense. The Washington Examiner is literally calling it a Nazi symbol, but I don't think that's fair because the Nazis didn't use that for, for the Nazi party. It was used, the upside down triangle, along with several other colored triangles. I gotta say, it's not a, a common Nazi symbol either. It's just a really weird story. Here's the problem. I tweeted it out and said, I've never seen Antifa use this. And immediately it was chaos. The left saying Trump's a Nazi, the right saying it's literally a triangle, a yield sign. This is ridiculous. And that maybe that's it. Absolute chaos. There's no way for us to know exactly why or what or. But apparently we have a, we have a, new, we have a new statement here. Facebook mentioning they removed it. This is what Team Trump uh, pointed out. Here's an Antifa symbol, upside down triangle. And they say it's not in the ADL's hate symbols database. That's actually a good point. And because it's not, I question why it would be removed. Seriously. Why would Facebook deem this a hate symbol when it's literally just a triangle? The Trump campaign defended it. They say the inverted red triangle is a symbol used by Antifa. So it was included in an ad about Antifa. We would note that Facebook still has an inverted red triangle emoji in use, which looks exactly the same. So it's curious that they would target only this ad. The image is also not included in the Anti-Defamation League's database of symbols of hate. But it is ironic that it took a Trump ad to force the media to implicitly concede that Antifa is a hate group. <laughs> Bravo. Perhaps that was the goal. Find an obscure symbol used by some groups, trick them into claiming it was hate, so they would now label Antifa a hate group because, well, the Nazis don't exist anymore. Despite it not being in the ADL's database, the group noted that such triangles are practically identical to that used by the Nazi regime to classify political prisoners in concentration camps. Uh-huh. And what if the Trump campaign used a Star of David? The Nazis used a Star of David to label prisoners as well. I gotta say, I think the whole thing is weird, and I, and I question why it is that the Trump campaign used this specific symbol that clearly appears to have been made by them. It doesn't appear on the website for it at all, which means someone had to choose that symbol. And apparently the Trump team made the graphic and uploaded it to use it. 
Here's a sign that says slow. A traffic sign. Here's one of an exclamation point. They're meaningless. I don't know what the conspiracy is, man, but that's the only thing you can come up with. You, you can come up with. Other than it's true that Antifa does use these symbols. <sighs> not widespread, though, man. I've not seen this. So you guys, I, I guess, you know what? Yeah, you can make up your mind, but let's, let's just do this. I can't tell you how or why, but I can tell you the consequences. Because I can't tell you how or why, I believe the Trump campaign can now point out overt political bias. It's literally just a triangle. That's it. That is it. Any meaning beyond that that you ascribe to it is you, not Trump or anyone else. It's not listed in any databases. It's been somewhat used by Antifa. A lot of triangles and stars were used by Nazis. So you really can't draw a conclusion other than the media contacted Facebook and said, ban this ad. And Facebook said, yes, man, these big tech companies are walking right into this antitrust stuff, man, because Trump can now argue that they're favoring Joe Biden and punishing him for things that aren't even documented, because here's what matters. You go to a judge and say, did the Trump campaign use a hate symbol? No, there is nowhere anywhere that says this is a hate symbol. That's it. Facebook took them down for an arbitrary attack based on the media's assertions, not facts. Well, there you go, man. Trump ads are being banned because the media said so. Look, I when I first saw this, I thought it was very weird that the Trump campaign would choose to do this. But I can't assert what Trump's intent was on this. The left claims he's trying to use this to prove there's a bias against him. That's their conspiracy theory. What would the other conspiracy theory be? That Trump was doing it on purpose to trigger a, like that, that Trump literally is a Nazi, I guess. Yeah, this is just nuts. All right. But people are getting it up. So I don't know. What will a regular person think about this? It's just a triangle, man. We live in strange times. I'll tell you that. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes and I'll see you all short. Taco Bell is racist and must be shut down, says Twitter, because a guy wanted to wear a Black Lives Matter mask to work. And his boss said, you can't wear political messages to work. And he said, well, I'm standing up for what I believe in. And so she was like, I don't know what to do. And apparently he got fired or something. And then they, they're bringing him back. And now they're letting people wear masks. And we live in truly the stupidest timeline, my friends. But at least life is not boring. Remember when I said life was boring? Yeah, well, things are certainly getting weird and exciting. I'll tell you what. This guy wanted to stand up for what he believed in. And you know what? Respect. 100%. Why? How many people won't? How many people are threatened with being fired and they say, please, please just don't fire me. I'll do whatever you say. You got all these people right now and they're digging up their histories and they're, and they're threatening to fire him. Uh, and people are saying, I'll just do whatever I have to do and I won't speak up. How many conservatives work for Google and won't speak up? They speak anonymously. How about over at LinkedIn? You remember that story? Yeah, LinkedIn had, had an anonymous chat for their semin- like some seminar on racial justice. And these people spoke up anonymously about how they really feel. It devolved into an all lives matter rally, apparently. But these people couldn't stand up and actually defend themselves with their names attached. Why is that? Because you'll get fired. Well, check out this guy right here. They told him that he cannot work if he's wearing this mask. And he said, so what? And they fired him. And guess what? He won. That's why they win. And that's why you lose. Because too many people just sit back and say, well, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and not speak up for what I believe in. What if you were a mask said free speech? What would they do? Now, I'll tell you what, Taco Bell, the stupidest thing to be concerned about, to be honest, 
has just said you can wear these masks. So, okay, if you find yourself, someone when you're watching, you, you work for Taco Bell, why don't you get a mask that says free speech, free expression, civil liberty, civil rights, the Constitution, whatever. And if they tell you you can't wear it, say, yes, I can. You know why? That would be discrimination. It would be discrimination based on maybe race. Well, check it out. The Supreme Court recently ruled that discrimination uh, uh, based on sex includes your orientation and your identity. The reason being, if they discriminate based on your, your orientation or identity, they're inherently discriminating because of your sex. And that is forbidden. The argument goes as such. If you are in love with a man, there's no problem if you're a, right, just generally. But if they find out you're male and in love with a man, now they have a problem. Therefore, sex discrimination, right? Okay. If this guy who's black wears political, uh, you know, a political symbol on his mask and they say that's okay, well, then certainly anyone who's not black could do the same thing, right? And if they say you can't, well, then you could argue that they are treating you differently based on your race because they've already said that people supporting, you know, of this one race are allowed to do it. Now, it's an argument. It's a loss. And I'm not saying it actually win. But you should be allowed to speak your mind now if Taco Bell is going to say so. You open the floodgates. We're going to have equality under the law or nothing at all. And if right now these people are able to say, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in and win, well, then my respect to them for fighting and winning. You got, you got to admit right now, man, the left is getting things done. Not in a way you might like it, but let's be real. They're getting all these policies pushed through. They're defunding cops. Cops are quitting. They're getting everything they want. They're being told you can't wear political messages. And then he says, oh, well, and Twitter comes after them and they bend the knee. The left is getting everything they want. And you know what? If you don't speak up and defend yourself, you won't get anything. And, that, and, and don't be surprised. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. So look, they say that I'll give you the I'll give you the footnotes on this one. And then I want to talk about the absurdity of today. Denzel Skinner recorded a moment when he was fired from uh, the moment he was fired from Taco Bell in Ohio. Skinner, who has worked for the company for eight years, said he was terminated for refusing to remove his Black Lives Matter mask during a shift. A woman believed to be his manager tells him that he can't bring politics into the building and that she doesn't have a problem with it, but the company does. In a statement, Taco Bell claimed they believe Black Lives Matter, adding that we were disappointed to learn about the incident that took place. Officials from Taco Bell reportedly met with Skinner following the incident. But it's unclear if he'll be getting his job back or if he even wants his job back. Okay, so we don't know if he's getting a job back. That's the gist of the story. They said you can't bring politics. He said, I want to. Well, he wins. Taco Bell says you can do it now. That's great. If you wore something for your ideology that was offensive, guess what? Taco Bell would tell you to GTFO. You know why? Nobody's going to stand up for you. How many people took to Twitter and screeched like banshees? Until Twitter, I'm sorry, until Taco Bell finally said, oh, man, man, this was a huge mistake. (laughs) Don't look at us. You know, we we had nothing to do with it. We had no idea. This guy's getting his job back. Everybody can wear these masks. Look at every major corporation that puts a message up saying Black Lives Matter. They don't put a message up saying support the troops, do they? I mean, they used to. Are they doing it now? No. What what, What about Blue Lives Matter? Are they putting up anything right now while police are being attacked left and right because of the actions of a few? Is Netflix... Instagram? Nah, they're not putting up anything that says blue lives matter. Everything they're putting up says black lives matter. Why? Because the left is willing to screech, stand up and demand that they get what they want. It's funny because they've been holding up signs saying silent silence is consent and they've been mocked for it. I mocked them for it. But now we're seeing some conservative personalities say silence is consent too. I don't call it consent. I call it abstaining from the vote. That's the way I explain it. If there's a hundred people 
and 10 of them scream and demand, we want special privileges. And 90 say, leave me out of it. Well, that's 90 votes, uh, 90 abstaining and 10 votes in favor of that policy. Congratulations. That policy wins. So long as you don't say anything, that's what you're going to get. And I'll tell you how absurd it's really going to get. Man, nothing is safe. Uncle Ben's announced it's evolving its brand after Quaker announced it will scrap scrap Aunt Jemima name in a bid to end racial bias. You know, it's really messed up about this. All right, check it out. I don't care if these companies want to change their mascots. I really don't. I don't care if Taco Bell wants to allow someone to wear a Black Lives Matter mask. I got to be honest with you. When I'm going to get my burrito, my seven layer burrito, the last thing I'm thinking about is whether or not someone's wearing a, a, a face mask. If, if, if Netflix puts, you know, Black Lives Matter on the front of their, of their, of, you know, the screen or whatever you open up, I don't care about that either, man. I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing. I am concerned about the far left exploitation of this and the freaky weird policies that are being passed through in the name of Black Lives Matter for sure. But if I go to Taco Bell and I see a guy wearing that mask, you think I'm going to care? I'm not going to care. I'm going to say I want cinnamon twists. I want a caramel apple empanada and I want my seven layer burrito. Okay, I wouldn't really order those things. I actually like the Crunchwrap Supreme, to be honest. But I don't care, man. I really, really don't. So now we're seeing all of these companies purge these brand mascots, right? And it's kind of weird because they're purging all the black ones. Like nobody's coming after Mr. Clean, like this tall, white, bald dude. Nobody cares. Well, apparently Mr. Clean is not racist. The brawny guy. I guess they actually went after him and replaced the brawny. This is really, really funny. A joke, a meme popped up. You know, the brawny guy, he's like a rugged lumberjack wearing a flannel shirt, got his axe and he's like, Ugh. they replaced him. I don't know if they replaced him, but they put on some of the bounty rolls, the paper towels, three women. So it was like a white woman, a, a, a fair complexion woman and a black woman. And then the meme emerged saying you needed or you needed three women to do the job of one man. Ha ha ha. It's a funny joke, right? But look, like, I don't, I don't care if they want to change these things, but I do think it's very strange that Aunt Jemima, right? There's a lot of people. I see a lot of posts going around in support of Aunt Jemima because she was an American success story. She was born a slave. She, the character was based off of an old stereotype, but she became wealthy and successful off of being the representative, the brand, the name of Aunt Jemima's pancake mix and syrup. Because of this, she was able to use that money to support civil rights. And, and that was in the, like the 1920s. She died, I think, in like 19, 1930 or something like that. So a lot of people look to her as actually success. To see this, 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 this icon on the pancakes lasting hundreds of years represented how far that you know, she had come and how far she, 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 you know, pushed this civil rights movement. Personally, I, I, I get it. I mean, it was literally based off an old racial stereotype. And if the company doesn't think it's going to help them sell pancakes, then fine, get rid of it. But now they're getting rid of Uncle Ben. I don't know anything about Uncle Ben, man. Look, at they say the products carry the image of a black rice farmer since 1946. What's wrong with the, what, what is it? How is it racist to have your, your farmer be black? That's insane to me. Now they're, ta- now, now they've crossed the line. I'm telling you what, Mrs. Butterworth's, they're talking about getting <laughs> how stupid is everything. I don't care if they want to change Mrs. Butterworth's man. I guess the complaint was that Mrs. Butterworth's, you know, the pan- the corn syrup garbage. They wanted a, a, it's supposed to be a, a grandmother or something. But because of the color of the syrup in the bottle, the Mrs. Butterworth's happens to be, a, I guess, a black woman. <laughs> so what? These people are all losing their minds. I bring you now to uh, one of the best, the funniest things I've ever seen. This video is going viral. Someone said, I can't believe this happened in bed double TF. 
And there is a man, he's, he's at like a, a, a walk-up cafe, and it's got Black Lives Matter sign in the window. The woman is wearing a mask. The man is not. The woman is telling him, no mask, no service. And the guy says something about, I'm protesting, so I don't need a mask. And she says, you're not protesting. And he says, yes, I am. I'm protesting for Black Lives Matter, so I don't need a mask. And they're both standing there holding their phones up, filming each other. How stupid is literally everything? It's Black Mirror, man. We're banning cartoon characters off, you know, boxes because it's racist, I guess. Like Uncle Ben, whatever, man. Mr. Clean, he's I. <laughs> Mr. Clean is cool. The white dude, let him stay. But not Uncle Ben. Is that what it's called? Uncle Ben's? Yeah. Can't, you know what they should do? They can replace Uncle Ben with like a Spider-Man thing. Get the rights from Marvel. There you go. Everybody loves Uncle Ben, right? The Aunt Jemima thing, the Uncle Ben stuff. Look, I ultimately don't care. I roll my eyes. But I got to tell you what, man. We are really getting into sheer absurdity. Nothing makes sense. This guy starts chanting all lives matter. They're both filming each other. And I'll tell you what really doesn't make sense. Omar, what are you doing, buddy? Omar Badar tweeting at me saying, oh, look, a moron filming a business to harass them over a racial solidarity poster and an employee filming a racist a-hole to protect herself in case things escalate. Why are they both so stupid? Yes, Omar, they are both so stupid. That's just it. I don't care. All right. This is the most shockingly absurd circumstance. The woman could have just walked away from the guy. Okay, he's outside (laughs) trying to get a cup of coffee. She could say bye bye and turn around. Instead, she starts yelling with him and they both film each other and they're both going to upload them, proving just how stupid everything and everyone has become. And I'm sorry, man. Omar, you've entered the fray yourself by jumping in to the stupidity of the circumstance. He wasn't trying to harass them over Black Lives Matter. He was trying to buy coffee without a mask, and he tried using Black Lives Matter as an excuse to not have to wear a mask. Now, I think he's stupid. (laughs) But why is she engaging with him, man? And this guy behind him is yelling too. I tell you, you could not, buddy, leave. Sorry, bye. Walk away. End of story. But that's it every day. That's it today. Everything is a racist moment. Everyone is racist. Everything must be filmed. Everything. Taco Bell is racist, apparently. And Aunt Jemima is racist. And Uncle Ben is racist. Mr. Clean's not racist again. This guy wanted to buy coffee. He's definitely racist. But she's racist because she's actually not black. And she won't support him saying Black Lives Matter. But then he says all lives matter. And I tell you what, man. What, where do we do? Do we get to a point? where the absurdity reaches such a scale that everyone just stops and sits down and stares blankly at the wall, confused as to what's even happening anymore. Who's defending who? What ideas are you defending? What is this? What are you trying to get? Why are you yelling all lives matter? Do you even care? Or do you just want coffee? Why is Uncle Ben racist? The world may never know. But I, I assure you, things will, will become more and more absurd. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed hanging out for this segment. I'm done. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going skateboarding, okay? Have a nice day, everybody. I'll see you all in the next segment at, uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Adios.